0: I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures.
1: And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their
0: businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out.
1: (laughs) But you eventually figured things out, right?
0: For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacey and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects.
1: We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. Welcome back. This is Stacy with Mass Ventures joined again by my colleague Venet Nahawan. We did intros last time, so I think we're just going to jump right into it. This is part 2 about university spinouts. We talked about last time about you talk to your TLO, you file some patents, you think about licensing and you think about whether to do a spin out. What's next? You're thinking, "Yes, I want to do a startup." But you're still at the university. What's some best practices?
0: Well, you know, first, first of all, your university probably has some support services. You know, they could have a startup accelerator, uh, like for example, uh, there's a Harvard student-run accelerator called Nucleate, which is now getting spread all over the country. Um, you know, there's a lot of less-
1: biotech accelerators. In various exactly, and there's
0: other accelerators outside of the university as well but there are resources within the university that can help you, you know, think about kind of what are the steps. Um, You know, we talked about you have to do customer discovery. These people will sort of lead you through that kind of, um, you know, a process to do so. Secondly, you know, the university has translational funds that, you know, you can apply for money. Mass Ventures has a translational program called ACORN that you can apply for money that, that you can evolve your, you know, science in the direction of that market that you picked. Remember, we talked about picking one beachhead market. And um, do a little proof of
1: concept to get out there so you could talk more readily to customers.
0: Yeah, get that. In fact, stay, stay in the university as long as you can to get a proof of concept done. Because it's much easier to sort of raise the right kind of funding and, and do the work in the university environment to get your proof of concept. done.
1: Uh, especially all the equipment—just millions and millions of dollars worth of test equipment, et cetera—that you have access to.
0: Exactly, and and, um, and and now, sort of, when you're ready, you know, what's the first thing you have to do? You have to think about what the team looks like. Uh, you know, we have a template MSVX for a founders agreement, uh, you know, attracting an entrepreneurial champion. You know, enter into a founders agreement, go out and incorporate. Uh, you know, mass ventures can help you with law firms. Uh, you know, law firms uh, have startup packages where you don't have to really pay them until you raise money.
1: Yeah, they're um, free. Yeah,
0: exactly. Us. <laughs> and, right, and and then and then you have to think about okay, um, do I need lab space? And if I need lab space, there are a bunch of kind of incubators you can go to, including. You know, uh, the universities themselves have a uh, lab space like, you know, Harvard has their iLab. Um, UMass Lowell has M2D2, you know, for medical devices. You know, Worcester yeah, I has iHub, too. Then there's right.
1: places like Mass Robotics.
0: Exactly, Lab Central. Greentown Labs. Um, Greentown Labs for clean tech so, Think, you know, and these places are great because not only do they give you sort of lap space but there are also other startups like you. So it's a great peer environment to learn from others and, and, you know, and just also frankly socialize with others because, you know, startups are hard and, you know, being in a place where there are other people that are also, you know, struggling to get their startup off the ground is, is, is very helpful.
1: It can be quite lonely. Another reason why it's good to pull in an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial champion because they bring in their community, their business community, and people that can. It, it's more than bringing on that one person. It's bringing in their community. Exactly,
0: and part of their business community is, uh, you know, sources of funding, and you know there are many sources of funding. Um, there what are known as non dilutive sources of funding, and by non dilutive we mean these are grants people give you the money they don't expect any equity in your company in return and right well uh, i
1: coach on that i coach on that at mass ventures exactly so yeah.
0: you know there's federal sources of grant funding like sbir or siber as some people call it sttr which is similar but still connects you to the university Yes,
1: it's the same program really. Yeah, and a great way to stay tied to the lab as we talked about before, is you can now push some funding to your university, continue to pay people there and get half the money for your company too. So those are great programs, non-dilutive, like you said, it's just right proposal.
0: And they're non-dilutive sources of funding from foundations, you know, particularly disease foundations. Mm -hmm. There's non-dilutive sources of funding from Mass Ventures and from the state. So, you know, we have um, the START grant program, which is if you've received an SBIR phase two, um, you know, it's phase one, then phase two. Once you've got a phase two, you can apply for our START grants. And those START grants uh, over a period of three years can add up to about $800,000 if you qualify for all of them. It's pretty significant.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of money, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so we have
1: an acorn from the very early stage when you just want to sort of translate it to prototype. And then, you know, you get two years in or one year in you would have a SBR phase two. Now, now mass ventures has additional matching funds.
0: Yeah. And we also, you know, co-manage a fund with Mass Clean energy center called the catalyst grant, which, you know, are $65,000 grants that you can use for proof, you know, for a, uh, a bench prototype. So, you know, you're now moved out of the lab, now you're sort of, you know, developing something that's closer to the field. Um, and then Mass Clean Energy Center also has the Innovate Mass Program and the Amplify Mass Program. Mass Tech Collaborative has uh, grants for uh, manufacturing equipment. So if you need to go actually build a manufacturing plant, you can, you know, get grants for them. So that's that all falls under the bucket of non-dilutive funding. And one should explore that. And then, of course, there's dilutive funding, which uh, you get from venture capitalists, angel investors, and uh, you know, and those sort of groups where they give you money in return for equity in your company.
1: Right. Well, we, of course, at Mass Ventures, do regular venture investments as well, and our focus is early stage, deep tech. Um, but there's it's an amazing community here in boston a lot of options for angel investment and venture investment and then even pulling syndicates together that are that are broader and even national although you generally just want someone local to anchor it at least one local
0: yeah i think your lead investor probably needs to be local so um so so when you're thinking now about going for dilutive funding you know your your first step is now to take your go-to-market strategy and turn it into a pitch. Mm. Um, so I, what I like to say, there's really three products that you're creating when you're ready to go and raise equity financing. Um, the first thing is an elevator pitch. Mm. So it's a, it's a 30 to 60 second, you know, it's high, highly structured. You know, I teach this in my class of exactly what the elevator pitch component should be. And, and the goal of the elevator pitch is to get somebody's contact information. So you, you meet an investor, you know, at it, at an event, and you go up to them and, and you give them your elevator pitch and you need to get them interested enough that they're gonna say, okay, well, yeah, here's my card. Send me your uh, pitch deck um, or just send me your executive summary. So. So the second piece is an executive summary. It's a one to two page uh, document that sort of captures every aspect of your technology, the market you're addressing, what the team looks like. And that executive summary, you're gonna email to somebody to get them interested enough to invite you in for a pitch. And now that comes to the third product you have to create is a presentation and you, you want to create a 10 minute version of this it's probably a dozen slides you know um, there are many ways to think about it but i generally think about it you know first talk about the pain point you're addressing like you know
1: why why, why? are we listening to you today yeah right.
0: and and you know and then once you sort of address that why you in other words you there's the pain point what do you have to offer that's going to address this pain point? Right. And and then the third piece is how you're going to go about doing it. So um,
1: I think the Heilmeier, it's this DARPA catechism. It's like the Heilmeyer,
0: so Heil, Yeah, the Heilmeier Heilmeier, catechism.
1: Meier, So what? Who cares? Why you? <laughs> yeah. So, so
0: it's funny. I actually, you know, I was just lecturing 130 uh, surgeons all over the world. And I start with the Heilmeier cate- catechism, believe it or not. And so there are these 10 questions that, you know, you need to answer. Uh, there, there are many such, you know, methodologies, uh, you know, there's a link, uh, uh, There's also Steve Blank's Lean Startup. It's actually Eric Reese's Lean Startup met- methodology. And, and, you know- That is a business, great
1: read, yeah.
0: Yeah, the business model can be. So there's different ways to think about this, but, you know, ultimately you're trying to create those three products. Once you've got those three products, then you're ready to go on a roadshow and start talking to investors.
1: How do you, um, I, you're talking about like the, the the products, but how do you really attract investors? Well, you know- What attracts, what attracts investors? Maybe I'm just a flu, you're an investor. What yeah. tra- attracts you in an investment?
0: Well, you know, all, all the data suggests that, um, Investors usually have a met, their own methodology of what they lead with. So some lead with the science, some lead with the market opportunity, and some lead with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own experience has been the team is critical. So um, most investors won't say this, uh, and frankly, that's also you know as we know, you know there's a real bias sometimes, because most of these investors are white males and and there are biases against women and people of color. And um, because they make their decision quite quickly on the people side. So getting ready on the people side, I think is really important. So that's why the entrepreneurial champion, but also I think one should create You know, we talked about the scientific advisory board. So get some key opinion leaders in the science world onto your scientific advisory board. Build a business advisory board and get some of the key opinion leaders in the business world for the market you're addressing onto your business advisory board, right? So this is- That
1: is great advice. It's extremely important, I find, in biotech, anything medical-based, but good advice. And and that point that you can have Scientific advisors and business advisors—they could be separate meetings. You're going to need them all, <laughs> yeah. And, and also, you know, um, I think startups should know that they can. To your point about different venture capitalists have different algorithms, they often say what their focus is. Like, be sure to research and don't just send out your pitch willy nilly. Like, don't waste your time or their time
0: you know you can read read about their mission in fact i think the research not only is about the firm it should be about the individual general partner who you're trying to appeal to Mm. because you know if you go look at those individual general partners you can see the kind of investments they like making you can see by their portfolio it's all on their website that's right you can also the other thing you have to look for is to see whether they're actually investing right now because sometimes yeah. they're on too many boards. If an investor is on six or seven boards already, they don't have any bandwidth uh, to go make another investment and join a board.
1: Yeah.
0: So so you need to do your homework and, and find the investors that are going to sort of mo- get most excited about your science and market focus and who you know have some bandwidth. To, to make another investment.
1: Yeah, it's really worth doing the research. It's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> it is, but it saves you a lot of time because you know you can kiss a lot of frogs uh, going out there trying to find somebody who's interested in you. You know, why not do the work? Because you know, with with the web, I mean, we have access to all this data. You know, PitchBook is a really good source, and you can get access to PitchBook. For example, you know, at Boston University, you can get access to PitchBook as, as a student. Yeah, and it's a really good source to go do some of this homework.
1: And there's a lot of software available online and even coaching uh, platforms online. So, and, and of course, back to accelerators, they help startups with all of these things. iCore, any accelerator, they help you do those 100 phone calls, they they push you to
0: do it, I <laughs> They push you to do it. And uh, we've, got, we've got really good ones in town. You know, Mass Challenge is one that everybody knows about. They're very popped
1: in my head too. Techstars yeah. is very good. They're 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 all a treat and often yeah. very, very competitive to get into. So so okay. Yeah. So um, join an accelerator, find co-working space, do an S B I R. And you can put some of the money back to university and keep that tie line there. Use the university lab as long as possible, because that's a lot of nice equipment there and brain power. And then when you're ready to pitch, be thoughtful about it. You know, practice, of course, and, and use the best practices. Have the elevator pitch, the one or two pager and the full deck ready and research who you want to. Reach out to.
0: Exactly. You have an entrepreneurial
1: champion. Expand your team with right. a champion, a, 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 a pro, someone who's been there, done there, has the T-shirt, been there, done it, has the T-shirt, right? And a scientific advisory board and a business advisory board.
0: Yeah. It sounds overwhelming, but it really isn't. You know, once you start taking that first step, um, you know, these things just sort of play out. They do. Uh, yeah, and, and there's no better place to do this than, than Massachusetts. You know, we just, <laughs> we, we have all the support services like us, you know, Mass Ventures to to help out.
1: Yeah, we do. Again, the early, the very, very early stage of the ACORN, the legal support. So um, we're here to help. Excellent, Vinny. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: Of course. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.